When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, just the totality. Um, I know it's a award that acknowledges the work that's done in, in 2022. Um, but much like his playing career, um, man, his work in the community whether it's Pittsburgh or Atlanta, where he's from, or Columbus, where he went to school, or any community that he cares about. Um, this guy contributes in a positive way um, in the way that he has as a player. The totality of his resume in that area is indisputable, like the totality of his resume as a player. Um, it's over a decade of service. And so um, that's why I feel like he needs no endorsement from me. Um, how he lives his life and, and how he conducts himself, how he cares about people, and utilizes his his platform in a positive way is all the endorsement that he needs. And of course, that's Mike Tomlin talking about Captain Cam, who's been nominated for his fifth uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year award, and it's it's a special award named, of course, after legendary Chi Town uh, running back Walt Payton. Uh, all nominees receive a forty thousand donation to the charity of their choice, and the national winner receives a 250000 donation to the charity of his choice. And if there's anybody more deserving of, than Cam Hayward, I don't know it. I don't know it. It's just like Mike Tomlin said, his decade of service to the community in whatever community and wherever he's at is indisputable and certainly doesn't need anything from me. He doesn't need anything from me. But I will say this. I've seen a lot of guys who really cared, who really um, – got involved in community service and none was better than my brother Tun Chilkin and uh, I will tell you that uh, he uh, thought the world of what Cam did and what uh, and how Cam went about conducting himself and the great reach into the community that he had to be able to lift people up to look outside his own self and to be you know uh, to want to be part of something bigger than himself in the community which I think is really something Wes because you know, when you look at Cam and you, you, you see that fearsome defensive tackle, you see the great play, all that stuff is great. It's it's wonderful, but it's the heart of the man that really counts. And, and <laughs> you know, whether whether it's it's him walking off the field with Mike T 
as we saw in that one video, and he's getting a little misty-eyed <laughs> over the fact that Cam, uh, Cam's brother, you know, Connor, uh, caught a touchdown pass, and, and they went and visited their dad's grave, or the fact that he's got Cam's Kindness Week, which he started off the season, the Hayward House Foundation, and so forth. I mean, there's just a, a lot here to unpack with what this guy is all about, and he's just an amazing man. Yeah, more than a more than a football player, certainly. More than an athlete. You know, that's, I don't want to say cliche, because a lot of athletes do back that up, but you hear that a lot right. from professional athletes, right, Wolf? More than an athlete, more than an athlete. You know, what I do uh, on the field or on the turf or on the ice or on the court or whatever um, doesn't define who I am. And a lot of those guys back that up, but it, it can at times be lip service as well, too, but that's never been the case with Cam Hayward. He's always been more than a football player, always been more than an athlete, uh, like Mike Tomlin said there, more than a decade at this thing in, in multiple communities uh, during the season, during the off season, during training camp, over the holidays. Um, he's he's always involved. He is exactly what you want, I think, at the helm of your organization, at the forefront of your organization. You know, Ben Roethlisberger was the face of the Steelers for, for so long, and, you know, Kenny Pickett probably will be here before right, much longer. Right. That's just kind of the nature of the quarterback position in the NFL. But I, I think it's safe to say that Cam Hayward has been at the forefront of the Steelers organization uh, for a long time. I do think he is the face of the Steelers right now currently. And and what more could you want Um from a guy who who represents your town and your team and your organization, then again, everything that Cam Hayward has done, not just this year, not just last year, not just for a couple years, but for more than a decade, he is fine wine on the field. Well, <laughs> and I don't know what's better than fine wine, but he's that off the field. Yeah. Uh, Hall of Fame person, Hall of Fame type career, and uh, yeah, very happy that Cam Hayward is here. And let's let's you know he might not need any endorsement from Mike Tomlin, but he can get it from us certainly. Wolf. I mean, he, fifth he doesn't time. need any any rooms. It's like it's like Big Red, Ellen Fanica. How many times you're going to be denied at the Hall of Fame exactly, before you exactly go in? Right. And how many times you're going to be you know nominated for the Walt Payton Man of the Year before you you That's win the it? Perfect example right there. I mean, how many times do we have to have this conversation for Alan Fanica <laughs> before they finally let our guy in? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe fifth time finally the charm here for Cam Hayward because that is uh, that is certainly something that he deserves and you know it's it is great to be nominated as as anyone I'm sure who is will tell you but there is certainly a difference between just being nominated and winning those things you know that goes on the resume uh, that goes that that stays with you forever you get to wear the patch on your jersey. And uh, and I think we're obviously biased here, Wolf, but but he he certainly is is uh, the the most deserving candidate at this point in my mind. He he's been at this for a long time, um, and I think it's I think it's high time Cam gets his roses from a, from a national perspective. Absolutely, the body of work that he's put in is evidence enough of his desire to make an impact in his community. I mean, think about this. There's history here with the Steelers. I mean, Jerome Bettis won it in 2001. Yep. Franco Harris in 1976. Joe Green in 1979. Lynn Swan in, in 1981. I mean, there's a great history with the Steelers and community involvement. You know, it goes way back. I remember the talking to a 70s steel worker, and I've told the story before, but it bears repeating. 
when 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 the steel industry was crashing in Pittsburgh and people were leaving town, this uh, one steel worker was uh, I was at it somewhere and and he he pulled me aside and you know we got to talking and everything and and he told me how important it was that the Steelers continued and had such such success back then because he said as as he put it all I had going on in my life was the Steelers. Mm-hmm. He said, I just lived for watching the Steelers on the weekend. I didn't know if I could put food on the table in the coming week, but I had that three-hour reprieve and, and and was able to watch the Steelers. And that, that was such a big thing in the Steelworkers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure, and sure. dedication and service to the community started way back when. And, I, you know, um, it was just something big with uh, with Mr. Rooney and the, and the rest of the the uh, organization about being involved and uh, i i just can't say enough about the great guys that are that were before me and in my time watching them uh being so selfless in their community involvement and then to see uh like a guy like cam go out and do the things how about craig's closet how cool is that it's going to be their, their goal is to have craig's closet which is the ability to dress you know get nice suit and tie and all that stuff available in all 10 Pittsburgh public schools by the end of 2023. Uh, Cam's also got little free libraries, uh, libraries project that goes throughout Pittsburgh. I mean, his whole week of Cam's kindness yep. <laughs> was was so cool. Who I mean, when you're sitting, I just can't even imagine. You're sitting there in front of him as your offensive lineman and you're like, Dude, that was really cool. You got, you know, you do some great community work. And I see those big eyeballs of Cam, like, locked on this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the two sides of this great, great young man that I, I, I'm i just thrilled for him. Uh, just, you know, he's been such a leader in the community, such a leader on the team. Uh, it's just fun to see this and see how it plays out. But I love people who pour life into other people. And he's definitely one of the leaders. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Wolf. It's, uh, you know, to who much is given, much is required. Bingo. Right? Yep. And uh, you love to see guys back that up. And, again, it is – and I don't want to, to make it sound like I'm criticizing. Some of, you know, some of the people who give back to their community, it's – it's it's a once a year thing, you know what I mean? Like, or, it, you, or they write a check. They, which, they, hey, it's which, still great. Again, right? That's yeah. what I I don't want to make it seem like don't, I'm like I'm no. poo pooing those people. Any any type of giving back, any type of service is always needed. But I I, I just think it you, you you take it to the next level. You really let it it shine through when it's something that you that you live out. You know, twenty four seven, three sixty five, yes. and 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 that is Cam Hayward. It's it's not just a monetary thing for him. Which again, if you're somebody who you can give monetarily and you do, that is that is great. That is is not you know I'm not trying to to take away from that. No, no. Um, but when you when it's the full body of work like Cam Hayward has, his time, his devotion, his energy. Uh, yes, his 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 monetary side of things as well too. That's the full package, and when you've been doing it as long as he is, has been doing it uh, in many different facets here in Pittsburgh, like you, you've outlined, from, from schools with clothes and education to, to the Cam Hayward house to all the stuff he does to honor his father who, who passed away from cancer. Right. Um, and that's just here in Pittsburgh. Like we heard Mike Tomlin say there, he's involved in Columbus, of course, obviously where he went to college at Ohio State. He's involved in Atlanta where where the you know where him and his brother grew up uh, just outside of the city there, um, that is that is a guy who is practicing what he's preaching, and he is uh you know he is like I said he's living up to that to to whom much is given much is required, 
um, because Cam Hayward has. Hey, he's been he's been given a lot, right? Talented, big body frame, right? The the athletic genes of a, of a father who played in the NFL. He's been blessed with a lot, uh, and he's using those blessings to give back to others and give back to the communities that that he cares about and that helped him get to this point. And I think that's you know that's one of the best things you can say about a person. No doubt about it. And think about it. Just for being nominated, he can donate forty grand to a charity of his choice if he would win a quarter mil. I mean, that's some serious buccalonies there, man. You know, I mean, it's really, to me, it's, that's a great, great way for the NFL to reach out and be a part of that. And, uh, I, again, glad to see it. It's wonderful. And um, we hope that uh, – Come on, Cam. We got it. I don't know where, where do we go. Is there any place to vote? Can you vote? <laughs> you know, it'll, it'll be uh, the winner will be announced during the NFL Honors uh, show on the eve of the next Super Bowl. I can't. You know, they got the Roman numerals. Right. I right. can't. We got that Lviv two or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't read Roman. I can barely read numbers. You know, I flunked math twice, and now they got now you got letters as as numbers. I mean, come on. You know, you're funny. Yeah, well, everybody funny now. <laughs> but anyhow, but yeah, let's. I I, I wish I there was a you yeah. Know, I wish like, you could they, vote. They, like they do it with the Pro Bowl, right? right? I mean, you can you can vote on team websites. You can vote on Twitter now for the Pro Bowl. I wish there was something like that for Cam. I don't know. Maybe maybe we just need to go to the NFL offices in New York City and and have a have a Cam Hayward parade. Absolutely. No <laughs> doubt about it. I wouldn't call it like a protest or a demonstration, right? But a, a Cam Hayward <laughs> support there outside of NFL HQ. <laughs> yeah. Bring bring your bring your signs. Just leave the, the, the torch and pitchfork at home. I mean, we're not getting there that crazy. There you go. Let's not, not get crazy. We're not getting that crazy, no. all right? All right, but now this also leads me to the next thing because um, Joe Green was the 79 winner of the Walt Payton Man of the Year Award, all right? But Joe Green – they, he is having one of his game-worn seven, number 75 jerseys from the Super Bowl year of 1975 auctioned off. How wow. about that? I mean, the auction is at Leland's.com, L-E and Lands, whatever, .com. <laughs> and that, it's going to run through Sunday. But think about it. It's a home jersey. It's black jersey. And it's, you know, all Joe Green block letters and everything. The bidding started around ten grand. It's up to almost $31,000. Oh, man, I, I'm, it took me out. <laughs> the opening bid took me out. <laughs> uh, but um, think about it. $31,000 for a game worn during the Super Bowl year of 1975 with number 75, Mean Joe Green on it. Man, oh, man, you want to talk about... Something that's special. If you ever, if you had the, uh, you know, the the Buku Bucks to be able to participate in that, man, that's got to be something. Oh, uh, that's that's pretty cool. You know, it, it, that's one of those things that you're right. I I got to think personally myself. I'll be priced out of that that range of <laughs> price. That oh, that you really? Goes for. You uh, just had a couple. You got one uh, one child, another on the way. And you you you, you can't come up with a well, you know, thirty one you know, grand like that. I also did just buy a house in July. <laughs> oh yeah, as yeah. well too. You know, well, sell the house. Okay, <laughs> I've committed. I've committed a lot of money here to the to the process. Can you imagine ever. coming home saying, "Honey, I I just uh, made an investment. I bought a Joe Green jersey." <laughs> it's an investment, babe. I mean, forty years from now, imagine how much it's going to be worth. Huh? That's right. <laughs> I'm going to wear that baby all the time. <laughs> no, but it's pretty cool. Well, if I I think you. You and I have had this conversation before, maybe not. If so, I'll I'll still be brief here. But 
Like I'm kind of, I'm a sports memorabilia nerd. Oh really? Now, I didn't know that. Now I'm going to be 32 here in a couple months. All right, so. <sighs> It's waned a little bit in my, you know, as I get older. Like, when I was younger, I mean, I started probably when I was in middle school, right? Probably when I was 12 years old or something like that. Sports memorabilia, sports collectibles. I, you know, I save ticket stubs from from every sporting event and every concert that I've been to. Really? You know, for the last 20 years of my life. Even when I just get digital tickets now in this new age, Wolf, I still screenshot them on my phone and I take them and I print them out, like, on card stock so that they're like a ticket, right? Wow. I save all of our credit. You know, all the credentials that I have from the sporting events that I worked when I was at WVU, when I was in Philadelphia for the hockey team that I worked for in Ohio, now for the Steelers. I'm a bit of a, you know, a memorabilia collectibles geek like that. But I have, you know, over the last few years as I've gotten older and, and, you know, I've moved a few times now and so I always have to lug all this stuff around with me. (laughs) I'm a little bit choosier now, if you will, right? Maybe a little, like... Well, maybe your wife is going, honey... (laughs) That too. <laughs> you cannot pack the entire garage with sports member of Honey, do we need to have the hoard? Do we need to have some hoarders people in here to talk to you? Um, so, so I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm a little bit more selective now, right, with the stuff that I want to keep. But man, I, I tell you what, a, a mean Joe Green autograph, Super that? Bowl jersey. I mean, that that's that's pretty cool. Now, Super Bowl year, I don't know if they wore it in the Super Bowl. Well, that's Bowl. true. Good point. I, Good point. Know, but, but still, I, I would expect that uh, you know he wore it in the Super Bowl. But uh, you know, you, you always got backup jerseys. But he wore it during at one point during the season. So it's it's hey, you know, when it's hanging up in my basement, I'm telling everybody <laughs> that he wore it in the Super Bowl. All right, that's and they my ain't, story, ain't know, and I'm sticking to it. Ain't gonna know the difference. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know what? That's to me. Well, you know what? On this, I just realized they're also they've got two Jack Lambert worn jackets. Now we used to have these warm up jackets Ooh. that guys would wear. Like you could have the cloak, you know, the thing that hung sure. over you. Sure, sure, That's sure. That's what the, us fat guys used to wear all the time. You know, you just if, if it was too cold, you know, because we had wooden right. benches. Think about that. Oh, I know it. You know, I know when it. I first got there, at Three Rivers, they had wooden benches. There's nothing to lean back on. You sat on this piece of pine, you know, and you're, you're just sitting there. And uh, you just, and then they come up with the the nice heated ones. Oh, that was great. The only problem, Chuck didn't like him because he says, you guys want to stay there. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to move. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, no, that's, man, that's that's one of those things. That's pretty cool. You don't have an opportunity to get something like that very often. I, That that would be pretty. What's, what's, what's the one? There's got to be one for you, right? A piece of sports memorabilia that you would be like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have that. Um, let's see. Like I would like to have something from the Miracle on Ice hockey game in 1980 when USA beat beat Russia. I was actually I went to the arena because my son played in a hockey tournament up at up Lake there, Placid. Up at Lake Placid, and I went to the old arena where it was actually because there's a new arena now. But I went to the old arena where the Miracle on Ice occurred. Nice. It was very cool. I'm sure. I was I'm in sure. there. I was in there like there was just a couple people around, you know, and it was just like. You're sitting there like it's very solemn. Like, wow, this is cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. just kind of absorbing the atmosphere. Absolutely, yeah. I'd, I'd like to have something from there. Uh, you know, I've got some Three Rivers memorabilia, which is which is cool to me. I've got some Civic Arena, you know, some Igloo memorabilia. But yeah, something something related to the the Miracle on Ice in 1980 <laughs> would be would be pretty cool. You know, the one the one piece of memorabilia I got. Uh oh. Uh, you're laughing. You're laughing. I don't know where this is I going. Got, I got the Coke machine from the Three Rivers locker room. That's good. That's real good. 
How many times did Mean Joe use that thing? I know. It was, well, it, it had the Coke, it had Gatorade, it had whatever, you know sure, what I mean? Sure. But it was it was the last, you know, vending machine in the locker room of Three That's Rivers. Hilarious. It was hilarious. I, you might be able to get a pretty, pretty I'm not even for that sure what, where it is now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it is. It kind of, you know, over the years, you kind of lose track Just of Just covered things. by boxes and stuff in the garage. <laughs> well, it was funny because Tommy Milo, Tom Mislinski, was the first owner of it. And then he couldn't, he, he wanted to bring it home and he was going to put adult beverages in it. And his wife said, uh, ixnay on that one. <laughs> You know, and so he said, hey, can you take this? So I, I I parked it in our gym for a while, and then it just, I don't know, it just got moved with a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? Let's, uh, let's go to break because when we come back, we're going to move start talking. <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit of offensive line and some of the great little highlights that I've seen. I keep going back watching film and watching it from the beginning of the season to just his latest game. And, you know, you just go back and you watch a little bit of the end zone, you know, the all-22, then you get down and get that close-up look. Good things are going on in that offensive line, and we'll talk about it when we come back right here in the locker room with Wolf Wes and Max is on the mend, but he'll be back in the locker room right here on SNR. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pickett turns, hands it off to Najee. Najee tries to bounce it. He does bounce off a defender, and he runs up over the 25, more than enough for the first down. He gets to the 28 where free safety Hawkins hauled him down. Oh, yeah. You know, Najee, uh, good morning, America, or good morning, football. Good morning, America. Good heavens. <laughs> the NFL Network's Good Morning Football presented the second year running back. That would be Najee. With Angry his fourth, runs. Yes, which I think it was more like the burning man. If you looked at it, it <laughs> he might have been angry, but he was burning. And you don't get angry and you don't get burning unless you got an offensive line group that is clearing the way for you. And I love this running attack that has just suddenly come together. Well, I shouldn't say suddenly because they've been at work at it all season long. But you could really see the basic foundational elements of, of it coming together here. And rushing forward, they've been averaging them close to 160 yards over the last four games or so. And, I, you know, this morning, you know, I got a cup of joe and I'm sitting back and I got a big screen, you know, in my – uh, in, in my office, and I'm sure, you know, sure. watching a little uh, football, you know, early in the morning, it just kind of gets you going. Wait, now, hold you know? on, real quick. Yeah, you drink coffee before you come in here and drink coffee. Oh, absolutely. Because I see you in here, you put down like three cups of Joe during the show. You know what? That's just old habits, baby. You know, you got to get your snort on before you, you know, you get, you got to get that uh, that uh, unibrow action going, like like <laughs> Chalooch used to do. Tunch, you know, he'd get it, he'd get aggrieved, he'd get his game face on, you know, and those those bushy eyebrows of his oh, would come geez. together and one big unibrow, and I knew he was serious then, man. So you uh. <laughs> Are you one of these? 
these people? Can you like chug chug a cup of coffee and then go to bed ten minutes later? Oh no 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 no. Okay. No, okay. That, I shut that down at five o'clock in the afternoon. Can't do it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, now my my old uh, my 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 step uh, my father in law mm-hmm. uh, passed away. He was an old coal miner. Now he used to he would drink a cup of coffee and turn around and fall asleep at eleven o'clock at night. I'm like, <laughs> how do you do that? You know, that's our 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 sensei Brian Lamartina. That's how he is. Really? Oh, he drinks he drinks coffee all day like it's water and and can fall asleep no problem. You're kidding me. I am not kidding. You have to you'll have to ask him about it. It's if I drank as much coffee as he did, not only would my heart explode, but I would also never I would never <laughs> sleep. I'd get I'd get about a ninety minute nap each night, and that would be it. Yeah. <laughs> I still oh like I still I mean I I didn't start drinking coffee till I was 26 27 years old but I mean it's been a good you know 6 years now that I've been a coffee drinker but right. it's still it's like rocket fuel for me man. I have I have one cup and I'm I'm set for a while. Oh man, no. I got I, I got to I got to have a several, shall we say. <laughs> All right, 2 to 4. So you were so you were in the office slugging down your morning yeah. joe. Got got that morning joe going and I'm watching some uh, offensive line play and I start going, you know, these guys are getting good. You know, I'm let me run this again. I run it again. I run it again. <laughs> I look I'm watching James Daniels as he comes off on an inside zone. Great googly moogly. It was a good old-fashioned rump searing pancake on a run. I mean, just watching him roll Grady Jarrett, the best of the Falcons' defensive linemen. And, I mean, put him – he yeah. showed him the sky. You know, that's how they used to say the old uh, Indian dirt pit wrestlers back in the days of showed the great the Gama. Sky. Showed him the sky, baby. Just pin that guy to the ground. Have him looking up. And that's exactly what James Daniels did on an inside zone run when he came off the ball and got those ham hocks churning and just dropped them. It was it was sensational. I watched that over and over. Had some more coffee while I'm having because I'm enjoying myself. You know, maybe I, I think maybe a Danish would have been nice to as an aperitif while you're watching this go on. You know, I'm watching Dan Moore on the Pass Pro. A lot of people are there. Hey, Dan's got this. Hey. The kid's doing fine. He's coming along. He's got to clean some things up. But let me tell you something. I was watching him on a pass pro with a dude. He punched this guy four or five times up the field. I'm telling you, it was touch, ilk, and good. That's how I good it. it was. Love it. Absolutely, right? So I'm sitting there, and I'm watching again. I'm watching James Daniels coming off a double team on a run-through, right? The guy tries to run through, and what was not happening at the beginning of the year is now happening now, Wes. You know, they got the double team. They're taking the double team guy off. You got Chooks, you got James Daniels, keister to keister, shoulder to shoulder, taking one of the big uglies off the defensive line of scrimmage. Suddenly a linebacker tries to run through and poamo! Daniels comes off in a timely fashion and hits Rashawn Evans and knocks him to the inside, and Najee cuts back behind Chooks, and you got yourselves a nice four or five yard run there, right? Or how about uh, we got on a, on another play? Uh, I'm watching Chooks. He's end man on the line drop, so he's setting up right next to James Daniels. He's got a man outside him, and and, and James Daniels got a man inside. I got a guy on him, and so they set up, and the end man on the line drops into zone coverage. 
So what's Chooks do? He comes down and snipers the pants off of whoever was rushing on James Daniels, knocks him down to the ground, and you get a big pileup. It's like, you know, clean up on aisle five. You know what I mean? Because there's bodies being stacked up like cordwood. I'm loving this, right? So I, I should I should have two Danishes now because we got some good sure. stuff going on. Sure. Then I'm watching Kevin Dotson. All right, he punched a man over a pile. I <laughs> He takes a 325-pound cheese whopper of a defensive end and drives him, throws him over this pile. And I'm looking at him going, that's it, Kevin. That's what we want to see, play after play. That's what you're capable of doing. This guy has got so much ability, and he just has not quite tapped it as much as he can. I love it. I'm watching this guy plays physical, and he plays hard, and he's got some nastiness to him. And all he's got to do is work, and maybe a, I would just say just try to finish your blocks better. But I tell you, he finished <laughs> there, baby. Let me tell you. You know, he took a 325-pound guy and threw him over the pile. You know, so all of a sudden, and then I got another look. I, I look and I see I got Mason Cole on a double team. Remember the double teams that weren't doing nothing? Mm-hmm. Right now, Mason Cole is cheek to cheek, right? And they're driving off with us with one of the two guards. I can't remember which. And he literally took the nose tackle that was on him, snapped the ball, drove this 300-plus-pound nose tackle backwards into the lap of the tackling machine, Rashawn Evans, driving him back. I mean, that's – that's it's perfect. That's what you want. You take the body of the guy in front of you and throw it into the the guy the, the body of the guy behind him, you know. And mm-hmm. it, that to me, this is what we wanted. You got the physicality. You got the now the, the the guys coming together and being able to do the things together in a timely fashion. The double teams picking off the run throughs, all those things. You got great work coming from the tight ends group because with Big Blue, the six twelve coming off and him hooking up with the Muth, and then we've got extra extra work from Connor Hayward joining in. Get Zooks, man. There is some good blocking going on, and you got some good running. It's I got to tell you something, man. I was really inspired this morning just watching the boys go at it and doing so with a nice cup of joe, and the only thing missing was a couple Danishes. <laughs> a couple Danishes. <laughs> no, it's it. Listen, the this offensive line was was much maligned um, starting in preseason, where you know we don't we don't need to sugarcoat it. They had their struggles in, in the preseason, but that is what the preseason is for, right? Um, they didn't have a ton of time, all five of them, to work together in training camp and preseason because there were some injuries that were that were lingering there for some of those guys as well um the season started and it was a mixed bag at times I thought early on in the year wolf like it was almost on a game-by-game basis the offensive line would be they'd be good in pass protection but they'd struggle in the run game yes and then the next week they'd be good in the run game but they'd struggle in pass protection it was like this weird pendulum that that kept swinging back and forth now, though, I think particularly since late October, since the bye week there, that, that first week in November, you've seen that change. And I, I think those guys deserve a lot of credit. They have, have done a much better job at keeping the pocket clean for Kenny Pickett. They have done, I mean, at times what seemingly almost like a 180 in the uh, in the run game where they have they have just, like, instead of getting a lot of stalemates like they were early on, right. as you mentioned, now they are they are moving people so they've gone from you know getting pushback to getting stalemates to now being the aggressor to now being the ones that are moving bodies and I I don't think that it's you know area I should say it's not coincidence 
that that suddenly this has coincided with you know with the Steelers' offense looking much better. It's you know it's it's cliched, but it's cliche because it's true. If if you're struggling on the offensive line, your offense is going to struggle. I mean, I, I like I don't care how great your quarterback is. Um, you know, you you need to be able to protect him and keep him upright. Even guys like Mahomes and Josh Allen, at times where their offensive line has been beat up, that's when they've had their performances where they struggle as well too. And when you give those guys time and a clean pocket, you see what they're able to do. That affects every quarterback in the league. I don't care if you're if you're Patrick Mahomes at the top or if you're the you know the thirty first or thirty second guy that's kind of fighting for for your life. A, a offensive line. That man, that is the catalyst of of any offense, and I I don't think it's a coincidence that when we see the offensive line improve, we see the Steelers' offense improve. Kenny looks more comfortable. Kenny's more dialed in and able to do what he needs to do. The running backs are more successful. You're able to use a plethora of running backs there because you feel like whoever we have out there, the offensive line is going to be doing their job. It opens up things in the pass game. I'm hoping here down the stretch we'll see it open up some more things in the play-action game as well, too. It's just that's... That's very encouraging. We rightfully so, right? Well, we've talked a lot about Kenny Pickett's development, and that's right. that's important. And again, kind of like what we said when I was talking about Cam Hayward with the face of a franchise. We know what quarterbacks are. They're they're always getting the most attention. They're the prom kings of the NFL, right? Um, and and so that is that is important. I'm not downplaying Kenny Pickett's progress out there either. But I think with that as well too, the offensive line is in that same boat. It's been week to week. You've been able to notice the improvements, and they you know they deserve some credit. They deserve uh, some praise there for that as well too. They have they have uh, almost done a complete 180 from what we saw back in August in the preseason. Well, you think about it, uh, the uh, offensive line, Boss Hog. You got uh, Pat Meyer and you got Isaac Washington, his assistant. What a great job they've done with this group because, you know, the temerity to stick to it, to be yeah, able to Pat ha- Meyer you know, hang Pat Meyer a lot of credit. Oh, you know, just going through, you know, taking all that, uh, you take that grief and you just keep your head down and you keep moving forward and you keep working. And that's exactly what an offensive line needs to do. Think about it. Averaging 160 yards a rush in the game. You got Najee, Benny Snell, and Jalen Warren all averaging. They were averaging at least five yards coming out of the game with the Falks, right? So, I mean, this is just good stuff. I remember when we're talking about two points something or other for our leading rusher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Per carry. And, and now that average is rolling, and I'm excited. And the last game, we got no we got no sacks. Uh, Kenny Pickett is clean. He got bumped four times. Okay, got, took a hit or two. You know, that, that will happen on big jobs like this, as the late, great Mike Webster once said. But the fact of the matter is, this is an offensive line on the march. They're moving forward. They're leading from the front. They, uh, they, are, uh, they are mush-worthy. When I say mush, as in mushing, as in pulling the sled, <laughs> they are mush-worthy uh, as a group, man. They are really getting the job done. Yeah, no, they are. That's, that's a good way to put it, and that's, that's what we've been waiting for. You know, it's 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 a unit that was revamped this offseason, right? You, you brought in two new faces on the on the interior there. You had Dan Moore go into his second year. You had Chooks getting rewarded with that contract, right? There were rightfully so um, some some higher expectations for this offensive line going into this season. You invest the money there uh, in free agency. You've got Kevin Dotson back and hopefully healthy, and now in his third year, where you really want to see it start to come together for guys. Um, and they were, you know, they were criticized uh, at the beginning of the year and at times throughout this season. But you know, and that's okay. It's it's all right to criticize performances, 
But at the same time, when that goes the other way, you have to be mindful, I think, to credit those guys as well, too. Um, and that's that's what we're trying to do here because they were much maligned at times earlier this season, Mr. Wolf. Uh, but they <laughs> but they deserve they deserve some credit for for what they've been able to do lately. And like I said, I think particularly since the bye week, these last four games, there has been a noticeable uptick in their performance. And I think with that as well, too, you don't have to wonder why there's been a noticeable uptick from from the entire offense as well. Absolutely. Well said, Wesley. All right, let's take a break. When we come back. We're going to talk a little bit of the Ravenites. We're going to talk a little bit about high intensity. We're going to talk a little about uh, the takeaways. And we're going to talk about the edge rusher, the monster in the middle, and the run-through maniac that the Steelers are going to face this weekend. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The contest. Whenever I think Ravens, I think front-end defense and pressure. No doubt about it. And here you've got, coming up, the Ravens have 37 sacks, or fourth in the NFL. They got an edge rusher in Justin Houston. He's got nine sacks. They got a monster in the middle. Calais Campbell is just sometimes. This guy, I I forget, he's in double-digit years. He's like 6'8", 3", something. The guy's fabulous still. I mean, agile enough to run he's around a, some blocks. He's another fine wine out there for he sure. He is. He really is. He, I, You know, I'm so impressed with Calais Campbell. And then, of course, the, the run-through maniac is Patrick Queen. And you just heard a couple of highlights about Patrick Queen. This guy gets a downhill bang on. He, I mean, he was like – he reminds me of Vince Williams uh, in his downhill bang. You know, whenever – you know, you know, Wes, whenever we, we talk Ravens, you know, I I go back to the the battles of Chris McAllister, the cornerback from from uh, the old Ravens and and Hines. You know, and I remember them finishing out a game and Hines telling me the story that he's blocking on McAllister. McAllister's like going, "Hey, take it easy. I'm in no hurry to run over there and get in front of Bussy because they're running the second half. They're running Bussy left and right. You know, giving them sure, twenty sure. carries in the half. You know, they're just pounding their way through and. <laughs> McAllister's like, nah, don't worry about it. I ain't going over there. Or <laughs> how about the mad backer, Bart Scott, you know? Yeah. And then he he threatened to kill Hines on one of his radio shows. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. Yeah, yeah, right. You know? Well, if I think all you need to say about, you know, the, the history of nasty defense in this game is that Joey Porter once tried to get on the Ravens bus post game right, and, right. and throw some fisticuffs. <laughs> yeah, with Ray Lewis. Absolutely. <laughs> and speaking of Ray Lewis, how about the battles of Dan Kreider and Ray Lewis. Oh, I used to love watching that because 
Dan Kreider used to get to Ray Lewis. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, it was, I used to, some of the hits he put on Ray, I used to call it, uh, Ray had a, a Dan uh, Dan Kreider rash on his chest. You know? <laughs> because he would just palpitate Ray Lewis at times. And, and that's not to take away from the greatness of Ray Lewis. Sure, No doubt sure. about it, he was a great oh, player. without a doubt. But Dan Kreider was his kryptonite. Dan Kreider, <laughs> when Danny got going, he just could put a splatting on him, and it was always impressive to watch that battle. But, I, you know, you take a look at it. The Ravens, they got 37 sacks. They got 20 takeaways, 11 uh, interceptions, nine fumble recoveries. They got some good people there, too. Marlon Humphrey, he's got three INTs. You got Marcus Williams, one of the safeties. He's got three INTs. And cornerback yeah. Marcus Peters, he's got – Five uh, passes defensed. And this kid, uh, Kyle Hamilton, looks pretty good. He's uh, got some backup role there in the safety, uh, as a safety, but he's a pretty good-looking kid. Uh, <laughs> yes. It was just funny the way you said that. Oh. Uh, but but he, listen, this is, you know, it's – That's what an old man says. He's a good-looking kid. You know what I mean? He is, he is though. You're I'm right. sitting there having a, having a cup of Joe, enjoying my you, morning Danish. You, just, you sound like a dad at practice out there. You know, hey, he's a good-looking kid. I tell you what, you know, watch out for this guy. Think, Matt. Hey, think about this, Wes. When you turn, you got your birthday coming up, right? You're gonna be 32. February. I'll be 32 in February. Right, yeah, 32. When you hit that date, for every day you have lived, I have lived two. <laughs> You look like you're 16. I look like I'm 85. Well, no, you don't. Now stop. Okay, 84. Stop it. 48, maybe. Yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> sure, that's that tells you how bad your eyes are already. Well, my eyes are bad. That is yeah. that's why I'm wearing these glasses. That's a that's a that's a that's a good point by you there. Absolutely. But let's see. Getting back to it again. You remember this is a high velocity ballistic oriented defense. Yes. They are going to come after you. The two trains, one track. Um, is 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 a worthy statement about these guys again because it's going to be another of these AFC North uh, great great uh, collisions amongst uh, you know the Steelers coming back getting their 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 swerve back on and uh, the, the, you got the Ravens what they're eight and four mm-hmm. so this is going to be a good I think it's going to be a good set too I think so too and you know especially when you consider. Um... You know that that it, it by it hasn't officially been ruled out yet. I don't think, but but by all indicators, Lamar Jackson is is not going to play on Sunday. I mean, they said it's a one to three week expected recovery. Right, so, that's right. Um, I guess we'll get you know probably an official update here tomorrow on Thursday. I I would assume. Um, but when you consider from their vantage point as well too, right? If they're thinking and preparing, we're going into this game without Lamar. Like, they know that their defense is going to have to perform. They're going to have to show up. They're going to have to lead the way, right? And they're going to have to maybe win a lower-scoring game. And they might even need their defense to give them, you know, their offense an opportune uh, situation or two with with a turnover or something like that. So, yeah, you've got to be ready for a a Ravens team that, you know, wants to knock the Steelers down you know all of a sudden the Steelers they're they're getting back close to 500 and they're in the hunt and they're in these playoff conversations again they're feeling good about themselves they've lost three of their last four you know let's let's put a little distance between ourselves and them let's knock them down a peg is is you know certainly what what Baltimore's thinking and that defense is they're going to be fired up to to put in the type of performance where they're still going to be able to win without you know without Lamar Jackson um, so it's the, you're going to have to be ready to go. You're going to have to be buttoned up. And, again, it's going to be another week, I think, where taking care of the football is going to be very important. 
No doubt about it. That's hugely important. As I said, they've already got 20 takeaways, 11 interceptions, nine fumble recoveries. Look, it's going to be important to protect the ball. I don't know. Have you heard any of uh, the weather report for this weekend? I have not. Although, if you give me about five seconds here, we I can go, figure it out. If for we you. had Joe DiNardo it, still around, we'd just it, go partly cloudy. It looks, uh, it looks cloudy in the mid 40s and 80% chance of precipitation. So, cloudy with showers out there. Wolf. Okay. Okay. That could be a little rough. Well, you know what? That's when the ground and pound really gets unfurled. And uh, I love the fact that our running game is now coming you know, to fruition in a way that we didn't expect at the very beginning. You know, that's one of the things that's just so cool about this. Um, there's just been a lot of, as we were talking earlier about it, you know, this this coming together with the running game and having a couple of guys. I, I was always... I, I'm one of those guys that I like the 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 one running back and run them run them till the wheels are off. Sure. But you know what? Um, hey, if 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 this is a situation that calls for two three guys, so be it. Whatever you it know? takes, baby. Yeah. Well, that's what Coach Noel used to say all the time. Whatever it takes. Yep. It's not a fifty fifty thing necessarily of offense defense or. 33 and a third if you include the special team. Right, right. I'm checking my math there. But anyhow, the point being is sometimes other one unit's got to carry the other, you know, and yes, so yes. that certainly could be this weekend. And protecting the ball and keep going with Kenny. Love what Kenny's doing. And by the way, I just saw the time. You know what? We got to go because we got the Wexinator coming up, and we don't want to steal any time from him. So hang with us. The Wexinator, Jim Wexel, is up at 11 right here, and we'll be back with more after this stay tuned snr live nation presents concert week now through may 14th get 25 dollars tickets to over 5,000 shows that's up to 75 percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 savage alanis morissette cage the elephant celeste barber dirk spentley fade hootie and the blowfish janet jackson kids bop kids megan trainer bissell puma sarah mclaughlin get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just 25 dollars until now through may 14th Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.